Hi, my name's Pete Banton, and I'm the co-founder of the Awaken Life Project here in Portugal. And I'd like to welcome you to this new podcast, which is named after my recently released first book called The Fire of the Heart. In this podcast, I'm going to be exploring the nature of an authentic spiritual awakening and its potential implications in these tipping point times we are living through together. I hope that you will find these podcasts illuminating and provocative, and most of all, I hope that they'll ignite a big and potentially all-consuming fire in your heart. So I'm very happy to um, be having a dialogue, a conversation today with uh, Boyson Hodgson. And uh, Boyson is uh, involved with the Mankind Project, which as far as I know has been a, a, a project that's been developing in America mainly, but now internationally uh, since the 70s, I think. Early uh, 80s. Early 80s, okay. And um, yeah, I was very uh, interested to um, connect with Boyson and find out about the work, his work with the Mankind Project, but particularly with something uh, that they call the new warrior training because it uh, it resonates so much with with my work with the awaken life men's collective and um yeah and, and as as uh, this we've decided to uh, create a documentary to really put our experience and our learnings and discoveries out there to a wider audience i'm really interested to connect with with other men, other leaders who are who are leaning into this whole theme of what it means for for us to inhabit a fully embodied, integrated masculinity in a time where masculinity generally gets a bad rap. <laughs> so, um, so welcome, Boyson. Thank you so much. And maybe we could begin. Maybe you could just begin by telling us a little bit about yourself, your journey, how you ended up. Um, being a, a facilitator with the Mankind Project. Do you want the, the one-minute version or the five-minute Well, the one version? or maybe three-minute version. The three-minute version? Thank you. I uh, First, I just say, I just have to say, you pronounced my last name perfectly. Which, Hodgson, yes. Yes, which is beautiful and <laughs> not always done. So thank you for that. Um, I'm Boysen Hodgson. I have been connected to the Mankind Project since 2004 uh, was when I went through the New Warrior training adventure, the Mankind Project's weekend experience. And uh, the personal story for me, the origin story for me, is I grew up surrounded by boys and men. I have six brothers. Wow. Uh, dad who's still in my life. I had stepdads through my life and uh, two different stepfathers. Um, so I was surrounded by uh, male energy and masculinity in different forms and different how that showed up in different ways in my life. And I got into my kind of early midlife, my 30s, and 
recognized and ended up in a place where I had no close male friends. Mm. I was largely disconnected from the men, even in my own family. And I had a longing for uh, a place where I could look honestly at what was actually going on with me outside of the bullshit story that I like to tell myself about what was going on with me. Um, and I was in the very early part of a relationship that is now my 17 year marriage to my wife and recognizing that patterns that I had been doing in all really every relationship I'd been in with a woman were already starting to repeat six months into this relationship. Mm. So I was lonely, isolated, didn't have a sense of what I was doing next and was already screwing up the relationship I was in. Mm. And it was like, okay, I'm ready to do something. Mm. And I had been hearing about the new warrior training adventure because a whole bunch of other men in my family had already done it. Oh, okay. And, uh, as soon as they had done it, they were like, boys, and you got to do this thing. You got to do this thing. I was like, no, thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. I'll stick to my books. Mm -hmm. I'll stay in my head. <laughs> I'll stay disconnected. Uh, but when the pain got enough for me to cross the threshold, I crossed the threshold and did that weekend in 2004 and have kind of never looked back. Wow. Interesting. And so maybe that it'd be good to just, um, hear from you. Yeah. What the, the, what warrior training consists of get a sense to give ever to give the the what the viewers here a sense of what it what it's about but then also you you could also share the impact it had on you going through yeah. that process yes so we're now uh mankind project started in 1984-85 in the middle of america milwaukee wisconsin and uh, it was three guys with wildly different experiences, a psychologist, an ex-Marine who was a General Motors uh, engineer and a curriculum studies professor hmm. who had all been doing their own personal, personal growth journeys and, and had been in some spaces together doing some different types of development work at that time. And Bill Kauth, who was the therapist, had a lightning bolt moment where he said, where are the spaces for the men? Mm. Yeah, and, and I've heard of Bill Kauth. I remember hearing about him. Yes. Yeah, he's still around, still doing community building work, still connected to MKP and doing oh, some good. of this work as well. Yes. Um, and Rich Tosi, one of the other founders, is also still alive, still connected to the organization and uh, still leaning in and the and helping us to continue to evolve. But they came up with this idea for a wild man weekend, mm. which became the new warrior training adventure within a year or so. And it really caught fire among men who many of whom were already sitting in kind of men's communities, men's councils in the U.S. Mm. Uh, and it spread like wildfire through the Midwest and then jumped to California and jumped to the Northeast. And now we have uh, 23 training centers in the U.S. Wow. And with from the 
mid 80s to the early 90s then jumped the pond to uk and ireland france germany norway sweden switzerland uh, we have a small community growing in spain we're in australia new zealand south africa wow that's Mex amazing mexico um driven by the fire and passion that men get out of participating in the new warrior training adventure so that's incredible wow yes it's uh, still still growing now starting to starting to branch out in central and south america and in the in southeast asia um yeah exciting there's still exciting stuff happening there and but is this training is it? is it is it just a weekend it is wow so this is uh, the new warrior training adventure is Friday evening to Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And it is a, a kind of ritual hero's journey for mm -hmm. men. So it takes the shape of uh, a separation from the known world, a descent into the unknown, uh, accompaniment by mentors, team building an ordeal mm -hmm. through saturday afternoon an individual ordeal that every man faces uh really faces himself mm -hmm. in the heart of the process mm -hmm. and then an integration and a return welcoming into a men's community uh, and out of that training starting very early in the 80s men's groups started being formed so i see Yes. So a lot of men, a lot of men, when you when you mentioned all those groups in different countries, it's not just the trainings, it's the men group, men's groups that have developed out of that. That's right. So we have in the United States about 750 active men's groups around wow. the globe, over a thousand active men's groups. Um, and these are at this point, it's some, you know, it's mostly men who have participated in the new warrior training adventure in our weekend. Mm -hmm. And then a growing number of men who haven't yet, mm -hmm. uh, you know, who are still sitting with us and doing the work and engaging in the process of building community mm -hmm. out of uh, these kind of core principles of emotional authenticity and connection to higher purpose mm -hmm. and integrity and accountability. Mm -hmm and uh something that will certainly vibe with you embodiment like all right. of this kind of practice is rooted in our bodies and and rooted in learning our emotions through our bodies mm -hmm. and learning our desires through our bodies so that you know when i went through the process in 2004 that's what woke up is my body woke up mm -hmm. i i'm a super cerebral I'm a thinker, I'm a writer, I'm a reader. Mm. I had lived in my head most of my life. Yeah, I can relate and, to that. <laughs> yes, right? I was very comfortable there and trapped Right. at the same time. And the New Warrior Training Adventure uh, gave me a space where still 18 years later, I can go back and feel viscerally in my body mm what it felt like to be in that room mm. with those men doing that work at that time. Wow. Yes. 
So take us through take us through the journey of the weekend then. You know, I'd be very interested to hear some more specifics about how um yeah, how you do that together and particularly the confrontation, you know, with the deepest fear and you know which you mentioned, you know, going through yeah. the dark the dark night part of it. So an, as a guy who engages in sacred uh, in sacred ritual, I'm going to do the sacred it's the sacred uh, framing of this, right? So I'll mm -hmm. take you through the weekend, but I'm not going to take you through the whole weekend. Sure. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So as a hero's journey, there's a pretty abrupt separation from the normal world. Oh. And on the, on the new warrior training adventure, you kind of enter the space. You're with a group of men. We do carpooling for everybody who arrives the staff to participant ratio. If there are 25 participants, there will be 30 plus staff wow. on the training site. Uh, so you enter a space that has been created specifically and exclusively for this interaction, for mm -hmm. this, this ritual process. And it starts with a knock on the door and a, sim a simple question. If you are ready to do whatever it takes, to get what you came here for, knock on that door. Mm. And entering that process, um, there are, you know, within the course of 48 hours, there are about 70 processes that we go through with men wow. on the weekend. Um, it is a pretty intricately staged and managed event. So mm -hmm. there will be men kind of moving in and out of the container as you are going through the processes there are, there's a lot of kind of separation and road of trials so the friday night there's a lot of like kind of hard energy there's mm. kind of the intention is that we build a mirror of granite for every man to see himself in wow that's a great metaphor right so we want you to look at yourself. We want you to look at the choices that you've made in your life. We're inviting you to see how you set yourself up mm. and how you impact other people with the way that you set yourself up through your choices and actions. So there's a lot about integrity and accountability mm. and mm. choice mm. and risk. Mm. What do you risk? What do you not risk? What mm. is that getting you in your life? How have you created the world that you occupy? Mm. And into Friday night, we build teams. There's a, there's a, there's indiv there's some individual journaling. There's visualizations. There's some team building activities. There's a game that we play late in the night that kind of riles men up and forms form a container, right? Mm. So you know about forming a container, building right. the heat building yeah. the walls, building that, that sacred space uh -huh. for men to do what they're there for. <clears throat> Saturday morning, we're up early. We get right into our bodies again, uh -huh. start engaging, engaging in, uh, let's see, more individual process, more visualization, more embodied process. We start to look at purpose and purpose in a man's life. We start to look at statements, affirmations about who we are in the world. 
And that leads into the heart of the weekend, this confrontation, which we call guts. Mm. And the guts process is an individual process for every man. And every man has an opportunity to step onto the carpet and do his work. And that's in front of everybody else? With yeah. the whole container. Mm. Yeah, so uh, normally there we will split up. So there'll be, there'll be two or three carpets going at, at, at one time with different teams of men working with the men on the carpets. Um, and go through an indiv individual process that uh, for me was, and you know, those processes can look uh, at confronting really some core emotional wounds, some core emotional restrictions, some blockage, some turning point that happened, some wound that I carry. Uh, for me, that was about getting my sense of joy and passion for living back mm. and how how is that process done is that is that through a facilitator challenging the individual that is through um, a facilitator. Is, is there, are, are there any kind of um uh, more physical dimensions to that challenge or is it more in the form of dialogue Every, everyone is different and mm pretty much everyone is going to have is going to have some embodied practice. Mm -hmm. So for me, that quite literally looked like pushing through a group of 12 men to get to what I wanted in mm -hmm. my life. Right. And so that was set up by the facilitator so that it's really uh, the facilitators got yeah you know, has to be very intuitively in touch with Okay, what is it for this guy? You know, how can we, how can we dramatize that? That's right. And so, the idea of servant leadership. So the idea of I'm following your process. Mm. I'm following where you're going, and I'm getting cues from what you say and what how you are and how you're occupying, and I'm following that. And then what I know is that I have the facilities and the men to mm. set up whatever we need to create. I get it. That's cool. Right. So, and that again, having these big, having a big staff on mm. the training, that means that we'll have guys there who have done it, who have done this process and been certified, you know, peer reviewed and certified to lead the process. So they've done 130 of these weekends. Wow. And then you'll have guys there who have done 40 of these weekends. You'll have guys there who have done 10 of these weekends. And you'll have guys there who this is the first time they've ever been there since they did their own weekend. Wow. Right? All participating. All in some All level. creating the container. All creating the container. Right? Yeah. All creating the space to say, you know, what is it? What is it that you're confronting? Well, there's a, something with my father. Find yeah. a man in this circle who mm. holds that energy mm. let's make it happen let's act it out yeah. let's bring it so there's a bioenergetics about it there's a gestalt kind of about it mm. um it, it kind of an emotional process so mm. that embodiment so that's saturday afternoon into the evening saturday night there's a celebration and kind of a welcoming and affirmation of of the completion of that journey Mm -hmm. A better night's sleep on Saturday. Sunday, we're up again. And Sunday process is about integration. So the Sunday process is about really connecting to earth, 
connecting to self, connecting to what's bigger than us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'll say spirit, it's any man's beliefs are welcome and mm. non-beliefs are welcome, mm. but there is this sense of verticality, right? There yeah, is yeah. this sense of above and belowness. Yeah, that the greater force that's pulling everybody up, you could say. Yes. Yeah. Anchoring I know that I know that very well. Us up. Yes. Yeah, that's you the know same. What that feels like, right? Yeah. In yeah, your yeah, body. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's the Sunday. And Sunday is really about about cleaning up and integrating and getting back all those things that we set aside on Friday night when we arrived on site mm -hmm. um, and then getting prepared to go home in a good mm -hmm. way. Uh, and of course there's a, you know, a feast and a celebration at the end and, and everybody says, everybody says hello. And something that was super, super cool for me about that experience is that I had an idea of who the kind of leaders were. Mm -hmm. But the way the process is set up, it's not a guru on a stage. It's mm. not that, that is not the experience. Mm. The guys who are actually there as certified leaders of the weekend, they're over there a lot of the time. Yeah. They're, they're hanging back, they're watching everything. So I didn't know until Sunday afternoon who the actual full leader of this thing was. Mm, interesting. Who, who his compatriots were in the leadership team and then how everybody else kind of played out. So there were guys that I created incredibly deep connections with who had just done the weekend two months ago. Right. You know? So there's a real collective intelligence guiding the whole thing, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really what the the new warrior training adventure is about. And then, you know, the, the work has sustained itself and grown because of men's groups. So I mm. completed the NWTA and about two months later, I joined a men's group here in Western Massachusetts. And, and then it was a whole new hero's journey. It was mm. a whole new process of integrating and remembering what I had done on that weekend mm. and then learning skills and tools to actually make real the vision and hope and intention and aspiration that I had created for myself mm. during that process. And those groups, are they, are they guided? Is, there, is peer, there a leader or facilitated a facilitated, yeah, your facilitated support. So, um, you know, I was lucky. I was a lucky dude. I was in the right place at the right time. And I walked into a men's group that had been running continuously for 12 years already in New England. Wow. You know, wow. these guys were old. These guys were old hat. They were, they were kings. I was 32 years old. So a lot of them have been involved for that long together. They had been involved. A lot of them went through the same weekend in 1996 in mm. Chicago. They traveled mm. together to Chicago, mm. did the weekend together, and then came back to New England and started That's a men's amazing. group. Um, well, that just says, that says everything to me about the power of the training, because, you know, for a bunch of guys to stick together for that long, I mean, my men's collective has been going, um, say, about uh, 14 years, 13 years. Uh, a lot of men have come and gone. Um, but yeah, there's, I know exactly what you mean about the power of the collective because now, nowadays, you know, there's, cause there's guys who've been involved, you know, 10, 10, 
eight, nine, ten years. They, and then there's guys who are right up to guys who are very, very new. But when when new men come in now to the container, or if new men come on a, a men's retreat, and just like in you were describing, there's a lot of the men from the group are there. Yep. There's something transmitted. Um, non-verbally you know it's just a you know it's spiritual but also totally physical you know psychophysical it's received bodily and and it's that transmission of uh, this brotherhood and um and so that that sounds fantastic because then you have a, a kind of natural like what i like to call a natural hierarchy or a natural ver verticality yes there's present in the group assuming everybody's just open to that and you know um that um yeah you don't need you know you don't necessarily have to have an explicit even leader you know it's just that the the the, the depth of experience is just naturally transmitted and recognized that's exactly and, um, it yeah so i can imagine when you stepped into this group and they've been going for 12 years it must have been quite quite a container to come into it was a brilliant container to come into and it's hilarious and and i'll and I, this could embarrass some of the guys in the group but that would be great um it was at this one dude's house in mm. northampton massachusetts and he had hot tub on his back porch i'm brand new i'm 32 years old i walk into a room with 10 guys all much quite a bit older than me most mm. of them quite a bit older than me Everybody says, ah, big hug, da, 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 da. And meanwhile, they, they're stripping off their clothes. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Everybody climbs into the hot tub. Together, right? yeah. Just at the start of the men's group. And like, that is not every men's group. That's not, yeah. that's, this is the only men's group I know about that where this happened. But like, that yeah. was my entrance into, yeah. uh, into the experience of this men's group. But yeah. what those guys did one of them was the officiant at my wedding oh. two years later oh. those guys brought me in and welcomed me and gave me a seat opened the seat for me in that group and they loved the shame out of me oh. for the next year and a half beautiful that's a beautiful way of putting it oh. like that all the stuff that I had been carrying with me, all of that baggage that I had packed up that I started to open up at the New Warrior Training Adventure, mm. they held the space for me to do that. Mm. And they also kept challenging me. And this is what I love about that space that you're talking yeah, about, yeah. right? They kept challenging me, boys, and you've got leadership in you. Step right. in. Right. Right. Bring that. Yeah bring your intuition online bring yeah. your power online bring yeah. your questions online right yeah that's what we can give each other as men in those spaces and i think exactly that's yeah it. exactly and that's that's definitely what i'm passionate about bringing too because i often say to the guys look i don't want a bunch of followers yes yeah. okay i might i might be an instant inspiration to you i'm catalyzing something but i want you to meet me not not by emulating me as a personality, but you know, discovering that passion, that warriorship, that authenticity in yourself. And um, and one of the things that's beautiful to see as our, as our group has developed is 
some of the guys who've been involved longer, you know, really starting to take responsibility with me for the whole group and the evolution of the group, you know, and, and then, as you say, that leadership uh, can be shared. And then also it's great to see some of them being inspired to start their own projects and their own coaching. And uh, mm. that's also starting to happen now. Yeah. Obviously that was what happened in your case. Cause now you, yeah, maybe tell us a bit about what you're doing now in terms of being a facilitator yourself. Thank you. Uh, so I was, um, I got very quickly involved. Almost all of what the Mankind Project does is volunteer. So all of our communities are volunteer run. The trainings, not only are we volunteers who go to staff, but we also pay our own accommodations to go. Mm -hmm. So that we're not putting that onto participants who are, who are coming to participate in the trainings that we do. Um, so I very quickly within, you know, within a year got into a volunteer position in my local community in New England mm -hmm. and started like leaning in that way. And I was a marketing, I was a marketing and copywriter and design guy, like mm -hmm. when I started this work. So I complained about the dated marketing that all of these beautiful old guys had put together. Um, <laughs> and, and my, uh, my inquiries and pushes and volunteering got me into bigger rooms and bigger spaces. So I ended up participating in national and international uh, kind of activities on the marketing side, uh, which led to in 2010, uh, when MKP USA, I work for the Mankind Project USA, um, when they went looking for a marketing guy, um, I was right there and oh. stepped into that role and I've been playing that role for MKP. Oh. Um, and in facilitating, so I've helped to found the group that I'm a part of and two other groups uh, in Massachusetts and Connecticut. And I still have, my home group is the Springfield Uprising. So I've been participating in the Uprising now for 14 years i think that our group wow. Is, wow. is that old now wow. yeah and the space of we've been on hiatus because of covid mm. uh, for in-person stuff for quite a while and we just started getting back together in person wow. that must be great <laughs> fantastic mm. yes so some of those guys then because they were involved 12, 12 years prior to, to you joining. So some of them have been involved in it for 25 years or so. Is oh, that yeah. True? We've still got guys around. There's no, n none of those old timers are sitting in my group in Springfield. They're up in the hill towns mm. outside. They're up in Petersham, Mass, and uh, other, the other little hill towns up in the yeah. woods, most of them. Yeah, so uh, that's very... Uh, inspiring to hear of men's groups that have been have this kind of longevity you know i interviewed uh jed diamond uh, was, that's so funny i was thinking of him as you said yeah that. and he uh as you probably know and he he's been in a group for 43 years and um he told me in the interview he said 
because he was talking about his third and very successful um, marriage of 42 years. And he said, his wife says the main, you know, the main key ingredient of it really working is the fact he's been in a men's group all of that time. That's great. And that kind of segs into, you asked about relationships to women and, yeah. and how this works. I went through the new warrior training in April. Uh, the woman who's now my wife went through a kind of similar process called woman in power mm. uh, in June of that year. And uh, she had, she had and has her own spiritual practice. She was a yogi and a teacher and a lot of, you know, a lot of good stuff. But we both entered our relationship, did these incredibly powerful individual processes, joined our own groups. Mm -hmm. Oh, so she's consistently been in a women's group too. She hasn't been in a women's group for a while, but she was consistently in a women's group for a long time. And we've brought this kind of shadow work mentality and skills and tools to our relationship in a way that I think that she would probably say the same, like men's group has been the place that I go to process the stuff that I would otherwise be burdening my marriage with. That way. Yeah to have the connections with men so that when Kendra says you should have a phone call, you should go connect with somebody. Mm. I've got a list of mm. guys. Mm. What is it that I want to connect about? Who's the best guy to call? Mm. Wow. That's invaluable. Huh? Right. Um, and regular connections with men in my life who know me deeply who know my relationship, who know my hangups, who know my shadows, who can point and say, well, you're doing that thing again, Boysen. Mm. What are you not taking responsibility for here? Mm. And invite me to that level of integrity mm. in, in my world. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And I can very much resonate with that. And I'm sure that you find that many of the men must find that it frees it frees up the relationship uh yeah in so many profound ways because you're not looking for your woman in this case to be the to provide you with everything you know one one human being even though you may love her and she's beautiful you know there's no way that one human being can provide you with everything you need to be happy you know it's like and i think this is one of the reasons i think men's work and obviously women's work is so essential you know because in indigenous and more traditional cultures you know the men and the women would have their men's and their women's culture uh, and um that's really been lost in modern and postmodern culture and i think obviously it's more common for women that come together in different kinds of uh, formats but for yes. men, of course, we have to get over our kind of lone, our lone wolf mentality that, you know, I don't really need anyone. I don't need any help, you know, and all the ways that men convince themselves that, you know, I know who I am. I know where I'm going. And the pretense of that when, of course, you know, most men are, are actually very confused and 
And I'm afraid, but afraid to admit it because of course the big taboo for men is to be vulnerable and admit your vulnerability. But that's not necessarily a healthy, healthy thing to be doing with your partner. That's right. Because I, th I know this is one of the interesting sort of uh, themes, I think, in this, this kind of work is because women often say these days, you know, I'm thinking of uh, Warren Farrell's book called um, Women, don't, Women Don't Hear What Men Don't Say, mm. was the title of his book. So obviously women often get frustrated because men tend to be so cut off and they don't really share what's really going on for them. But then on the other hand, so women generally want men to be more sensitive in that way. But on the other hand, they want us to be a strong tree. They don't want us to be collapsing and weak and like, oh, I don't know where I'm going. Help me, you know that's what we need to go to other men for, you know, to, to, to uh, empower that positive masculine pole of direction, purpose, responsibility, as you were saying. Yes. And instead of putting all that on our, on our partners. Yes. Because then it depolarizes the, the relationship, you know, and then the woman might start becoming more masculine because, you know, the, her man hasn't really got it together. Yeah, and I, I like to unpack those terms as much as I can in, you know, masculine and feminine. Um, what we're talking about is a bunch of uh, associated characteristics that have kind of been piled together. Yeah, culturally, that change and shift over time, mm. and get reinforced and taught to us programmed into us and you know here's where i would say and a lot of what gets programmed into us is like the most uh basic not helpful versions right of some of these incredibly beautiful characteristics mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like a woman giving birth you want power oh, directionality yeah. <laughs> force right a yeah. woman giving birth strength strength like all of those things right my wife is an incredibly powerful woman mm. thank god mm. you know we're adoptive parents and if my wife collapsed into whatever like mm. that wouldn't play for us that right. doesn't work we need right. two strong adults with a sense of purpose and groundedness and yeah. presence in yeah. our world right and and me having a space where i can go get that community with men go get that sacred masculine which isn't something i can explain it's not something i can define it's not something i can write out in a paragraph but it's yeah. something that i experience in my body when i'm in the company of other men yeah. seeking to do the same you know, Jed told me that line from um, Robert Bly, the, the sound that male cells sing. Mm. That's how he described it. And that I said to Jed, oh my God, that, that really captures it. It does. I, yeah. can't, I can't tell you what that is. I can't describe that for me you. Me neither. And, 
And, and yet I understand it now. I, I understand what that experience feels like and it's precious to me and sacred to me. Mm. And it also allows me the freedom to say, you know, takes away any jealousy I might have any hes hesitation or reservation I might have about my wimp, my wife wanting to have that space with other women. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. It's like, yeah, hell yeah. I want you yeah. to have that. Yeah. For yourself. Right. Yeah. I think that's so positive because um, one of the fear, deep fears, I think that comes up for men and, and um, even if they, they think or presume themselves to be very pr progressive men is uh, to allow women to really inhabit their own power, mm. you know, as, which is obviously demonstrated most profoundly in a woman giving birth. Um, yeah. But, you know, as well, it's a certain, there's a certain point in the development of our men's and women's collectives and, um, we all had to face as a, as men, and I I did too, that there was an unconscious kind of superiority. <clears throat> um, Beautiful, yes. yeah. And one of one of the ways that manifests is um, because when a, when a woman really, and it's it's a big step for a woman too, but when she really steps into her authentic power, and obviously she becomes radiant, mm. you know that this, you know that we love that as men, that feminine radiance, but at the same time, she doesn't need us. Right. In the same way, you know, she did before, she's on her own ground, you know, an independence that's not, not separative, you know, it's just, and I think that shakes, that shakes up very deep structures for men, you know, that they don't necessarily know are there. You know. What you mean? You don't, you don't need me anymore. You're not relying on me, you know, and it's right. like, you know, but but for a woman to be not not in this kind of more masculinized feminine feminist mode of like, oh, I don't need you, I don't need a man. You know, I think that's a big part of what's uh, distorted in postmodern culture. But when a woman is actually being love, is available to love and be loved, you know, she's not saying, well, I don't need you in that sense. But at the same time, there's no. There is no need in that. Um, she doesn't need you to be completed. Right. She's she's finding that fundamentally in herself, just as we as men potentially would find it, it amongst the song in that song that the male cells sing. Yeah. And um, yeah, and there's something about then man and man and woman, not only in our intimate relationships, but in general, to be able to stand alone. And, and be free from all these um, projections, you know, and all this unresolved uh, conflict that really has its roots in the fact that we don't really have a healthy male and female culture yeah. process in, in, in society anymore, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think the implications of this kind of work are, are far bigger than, than is apparent you know it's not it goes way beyond um yeah because there's the whole dimension of just us as men, individual men discovering our purpose direction fundamental confidence all of that facing your shadows so there's the personal development dimension but then there's the p potential between men and women 
in intimate relationships, but also the more societal structures, you know, what could actually shift in culture as a whole uh, if and when this process is really um, recognized and by, by, you know, the mass of people. I mean, imagine that, you know. Yes. That, that would be a revolution. Yes. Uh, reminded of Charles Eisenstein f- for a moment. Do you know Charles? Yeah. I actually yes. met, met him once in uh, yes. at, the, at a festival in Portugal. The more beautiful worlds our hearts know is possible, right? Beautiful. Yeah. I love that phrase too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that idea that when I am doing my individual work and my partner is doing their individual work and then we are sharing in collective spaces, these built collective spaces for where we, big we, yeah, transpersonal we, exactly, is brought forward that that creates a whole level of possibility that wasn't there before. And practice and it's the practice right so you know when you were saying about uh women stepping into their full power and how that brings up that can bring up shadows for men Mm. so i and i'll just straight up own this shit right Mm. the more powerful my wife becomes the more I've had to reckon with my own shadows of wanting to minimize and degrade and put down right. that power mm-hmm. because I'm scared that I'm not capable of stepping up and meeting it, mm-hmm. being present to it. Exactly. Right? Whose work is that? Not hers. Right. My work. Right. Right. And, and vice versa. Yeah. And vice versa. When I step up to, I am going to be an emotionally intelligent, empowered, integrated being on my own who doesn't need a mom to process his emotions. Exactly. My wife has to confront that want to control in herself. Right. Right. So, but it's the beautiful dance when we are conscious beings Mm. who can point back at it and say, Oh, there it is again. There it is again. Mm. Last weekend, I stood in the kitchen of my house downstairs after my wife and I had been butting heads about something. And I just stood in the kitchen and said, no, I get to be the victim here. (laughs) right when we got to the point where it was like oh fuck there it is again Uh i get to be the victim here and she's like no you don't (laughs) i get to be the victim here no you don't (laughs) and that was it right it released the spell exactly because you voiced it it released the codependence it released the thing so that it's like okay now what's really going on and what can we do together yeah yeah, fantastic. That's a great example. Because then also you can you can like you know you can bring humor. Humor is absolutely humor's it. Yeah, yeah, humor's it. The having the having the archetypal jester show up in the relationship from either of us mm. when it's most needed, I think, is what has allowed us to 
you know, in some ways survive yeah. the, the parenting and trauma and what we've, what we've had to face. Yeah. 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 And you mentioned what you, when you mentioned there about the, in, in that, what, in that case about the woman wanting to be mummy, you know, and that's a whole other dimension that we've gone quite deeply into as well. Um, is uh, one way it's it's uh, described is Oedipal patterning, conditioning, which all has to do with how we were shaped by our own relationship with our mothers and fathers, mm -hmm. you know? And it's a very common syndrome, particularly here in Portugal, because it's a more traditional culture. And of course, it's more patriarchal than, than Northern Europe or North America. So. The, the, the sons tend to be glorified by the mothers, you know. Um, but then what happens is when they, and a lot of them don't leave home until quite late in life. You know, mm -hmm. it's also a different economic reality here. So mm -hmm. often, often they don't leave home until they meet their wife, their future wife, you know. And then, of course, the wife ends up becoming mummy. And, right. and, and meanwhile, the, the, the young adult um, hasn't really actualized or gone through a healthy period of uh, autonomy, you know? Yes. Um, so, you know, that's one pattern that showed up a lot. And then another one is in relationship to me as the leader, you know, and obviously at times I'm really pushing individuals and kicking their ass as we call it and um some of what them some men have had to work through is is, is them projecting their father that having a, had an authoritarian father yeah and and everything that brings up you know yeah and um yeah and just the the childish both both the childish uh adapt the way we're still like children but also then the way with like adolescence, you know, which is more the other way. It's like in reaction to or being attached to one's false independence. Right. Oh, I don't need you, that kind of thing. So that's, um, yeah, that's also a large dimension of our of our work is, um, yeah, observing, understanding and transcending the ways in which we still, we're still children and adolescents. Yeah. And, and living out that conditioning, that programming that we got from all of these sources. Exactly. Yeah. When we were younger, including mass media, including our schools and teachers, including our church, including, you know, all of those different patterns that we got. Mm. So am I awake? Am I mature enough to see where, when I'm being influenced? And am I brave enough to be in community where other people can call me out mm -hmm. when, yeah when they see that yeah yeah that's yeah. such a big aspect of this i think especially for men is yeah being willing to be challenged by other men and going beyond yeah just you know that whole layer of competition arrogance Generally, what I find with men is that once uh, once a man fundamentally trusts the container, yes, and the, and that song that the male cells sing is being felt. You know, 
it's relatively easy um, for, for them to discover a trust and vulnerability that they never even imagined possible. Totally agree with that. And also becomes easier with practice over time yeah. to reproduce that, right? Yeah. I, I become able to create co-create that container with other people. But that's the, the point of no return. At some point, when you start doing this work, you hit a place, I hit a place, where I looked back in mid-2005 and knew there was no way that I could go back right. to the way that I had been living before. Right. That was a that was a liberating and terrifying moment. Yeah. yeah. You know they have this phrase in uh, in India in relationship to the the spiritual path. It's better not to start than than to start and not finish. <laughs> That's <laughs> what what, I said. Because once you start, you know. Well, the implications of running away or denying is uh, 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 so much greater. You know that on your soul, right. so to speak. So, so yeah, you have to realize what you're getting into. Yeah, it has big implications. Maybe uh, just as a last question to wrap up, um, in light of everything you've discovered and shared, um, what would you say are the biggest challenges for men in this process? Of course, that it would vary a lot between individuals, but do you find there's there's repeating uh, more impersonal, let's say, patterning that, that often comes up for men and, and also has the most profound liberating effect when, it, when it's really gone beyond. Yeah, I think that this is kind of being inspired by Jonathan Haidt's work that I'm, that I'm digging into right now. But escaping from homo economicus Mm, that's interesting. Can you explain what that means? So Haight talks about homo economicus is, is like the human species that is based in transaction. Uh -huh. That is always based in, I am going to do whatever it takes to just get more. Uh -huh. Right? Not a homo sapiens sapiens, right? Not, not thinking man, connected man, interrelated man. Mm -hmm. But I think that for so many of us, for me, certainly, like I was so trapped in the mindset of I have to be an independent man. I have to perform in a w in such a way that I will get this. Mm -hmm. All of my relationships are transactional. I give you this. You give me this. Mm -hmm. If our relationship transactions become uneven, then I will hurt you in some way or disconnect myself from you. Right. So this idea of just material accumulation, material achievement, making it, making it. Yeah. Right. So, so many men we are, I was, and I judge that so many men are so locked in that samsara, so locked in that hiddenness mm. that it takes a lot to crack that open yeah. and we build whole ego structures. We build whole armors around ourselves to prevent others from seeing us yeah. as frail, vulnerable, 
weak mm -hmm. all of these all of these things that we judge and we that i judged and i put into my shadow and i hid from other people yeah for so long yeah. breaking out of that is terrifying and it's traitorous it's traitorous to our whole way of life right that's In a very life. powerful way to put it you can almost feel like you're betraying yourself you exactly. are betraying your culture you're betraying the commercial identity that you were told that you have to have you're betraying manhood you know mm -hmm. the bros are not going to like it if you start owning right. your feelings right it it's terrifying mm. and liberating mm. to go through that curtain mm. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. That's very powerful, the way, how you transmitted that. I think it speaks to, um, yeah, what I was just saying earlier, which I, I feel also is the biggest challenge, is it's letting down that guard, that armoring that, you know, most men haven't, don't even know it's there, and they don't yeah. realize how many layers there are to it. And... Um, yeah, to gradually see those layers being peeled away over time in a in a immense collective, it's it's really quite something. It is, and 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 then you see that the that weakness, because the the fear of weakness is just the ego's interpretation of vulnerability. But then, of course, we discover that it's in vulnerability that we find true strength. Yes, and it's in humility that we find power and it's not through pride you know and in fact pride underneath pride is weakness because we're holding we're holding ourselves together we're we're putting up our armor we're trying to be somebody that we're, we aren't really yeah and we've just forgotten you know or, so yeah it's a very very uh, raw both raw sometimes i find it's very very raw and wild and intense and sometimes it's so tender and and that's another quality, you know, that. for for men, because there's all the there's all the Love the um, warriorship, you know, of men sure. coming together in that sure. potency of the masculine. But when you experience that tenderness, tenderness and deep love between men, it's really really something sacred. Yeah. The yes, we we do a lot of talking about the king, warrior, lover, magician kind of archetype circle but there's also you know inside that lover and inside that warrior and inside that king and inside that magician there's nurturers right yeah masculinity is tender mm. masculinity is soft right and warm right <laughs> and holds and right. present and yeah. it's it's all that, right? Like yeah. the, you said something about, you know, what is this about toxic, toxic masculinity and this kind of bad rap, this bad rap. And I think primarily that's because we've gotten lost and pretended that masculinity is only this group of characteristics. Yeah, exactly. 
And and frankly, you know, if you think masculinity is just dominance and violence and and you know overshadowing hierarchies and abuse, right? It's all true. It's mm. all true. And that ain't all. Right. Open it up. Right. Go underneath it. Mm. You know, go through it. Mm to see what else is there and to yeah. get at all of the juicy and beautiful parts of this sacred masculinity, yeah, this yeah. whole masculinity yeah. that we can, that we can embrace and that women are totally on board with. Yeah. Women are longing for it. Yeah. They don't, they don't want emotional men who are going to collapse into relying on them to do all their emotional work and being their mommies and taking care of them and doing all that. Right? No, that's not what, women are wanting women want emotionally responsible whole men mm. they've got a strong spine yeah yeah present yeah present yeah and on purpose well fantastic talking to you boyson really enjoyed really enjoyed mm -hmm. it i feel like we resonate on so many levels i'll stop by tomorrow and have coffee <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you can just beam over anytime you like. Just drop in. Yeah, I wish I wish it were that easy. <laughs> this has been very enjoyable. Yes, Peter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's uh, let's stay in touch, and maybe we'll do another one and go more deeply into a, another theme related great. theme. All right. Thank you very much. So, thank you very much for listening. That's it for today. If you would like to find out more about my book, The Fire of the Heart you can go to thefireoftheheart.com where you can also download four free chapters. If you'd like to find out more about the Awaken Life Project, then go to awakenlifeproject.org or our Awaken Life Project Facebook page where you can find out all about our ashram, extended spiritual community, retreats and other events, and our adventures living off-grid in the mountains of Portugal. So keep on keeping on until next time. And as they say in Portugal, at the Jacques.